Within each individual lives at least one life-changing story that has the potential to inspire change. Far too often, souls depart this world without having the chance to express their hearts, leaving loved ones searching for more. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone. I'm a mom, physician assistant, and lifelong intuitive. I have a gift of catalyzing connection and a deep respect for honoring legacy. Over the years, I've been a conduit for countless messages from late loved ones, which has brought profound healing to their family members who remain here on earth. Join me and my guests as they recollect pivotal moments, reminisce with humor, and whisper wisdoms so that their stories of their hearts live on along with their voices, love, and impact as forever keepsakes for their loved ones. Welcome to The Living Years. We had so much fun hanging out with Aunt Toddy. She was so kind to have us over for lunch as he loved seeing her house and looking at all the different objects, of course, pointing out her golf balls and asking her to pick them up, which she very happily obliged to doing so he could look even more closely at her golf balls. It was so nice to sit down with Aunt Toddy and get to know her on a deeper, more intimate level. She shared much of her life very freely and very openly and with a perspective that I think we could all learn from. Aunt Toddy is my husband, Chris, his great aunt. She is just so wonderful, so filled with energy. And, you know, certainly I could use some of that energy currently. And I think you are going to love her personality, her words of wisdom, her heart, her stories. Without further ado, I introduce you to Clara or Aunt Toddy Cooper. Aunt Toddy, I really can't thank you enough for sitting down with me. I've known you for a little while. You're one of my favorite people. I don't know if I've ever told you that. (laughs) Thank you very much. But I really want to get to know you more. I feel like during family gatherings, we don't get to chat much other than what are you up to? What's new? And how's that new job? And you're always keeping tabs of everybody else, but I'd love to get to know you more. And I'd love to have you come out anytime you feel like it. (laughs) I know. Come out and just relax mm-hmm. and chat, have lunch, or we could yes. go to lunch. Oh, yeah. We do that a lot. That's yeah. one of my favorite things. It is nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you know what? As he, as he loves I it. We could come over at your house, and we could go to lunch at all the different places over there. Try it out. Yeah. Yeah. How cool would that be? We could keep little um, yeah. notes on different places and rate them. Yeah. Well, I have some friends. We do that now. but. Uh, my son is, is, you know, my kids are very attentive to me, and they don't um, never know what to get me for my birthday or what like that. So David started giving me restaurant cards for things. So That's awesome. Like for my birthday, I might get five or $600 worth of restaurant cards, maybe more. Okay. I have a good, soror- a good assortment of them now, and I love to take my friends or relatives to lunch or dinner. That's awesome. So, How fun. And now that COVID's better. That's all. <sighs> that took two years out of my life. It sure did. Anyways, this is about you. 
Okay. I'm so excited to get to know you. Tell me, who's Clara Cooper? Who, who are you? How would you describe yourself? I would describe myself as an independent woman. I adjusted to the times. I adjusted to becoming a widow. And it was just happenstance that these things happened. But I think ever since I started work at a full-time job, and when I was about 33, I guess, that I became quite independent. And then when Women's Lib came along, that really set the pace. Yeah. But that's the way I describe myself. It's just independent. Independent. Was that something you always sought to do? Because when you were younger, that wasn't as prevalent. That wasn't in my plans. I became a mother at, uh, let's say, 21 for David. And, oh, that was fun. You know, he (laughs) made me think of you two. And so when he got a little four and five, I could take him go to the beach every day because either I'd have my husband's car one week or whatever. So that was a good life. And then it went along 10 years later. What happened, which a big surprise, I found myself pregnant again. Mm. Actually, that was the best thing that ever happened. We had a beautiful little baby girl. You know, she was just the pride and joy. And we named her Joy, mm-hmm. just our pride and joy. And her brother loved her just as much. It was a sister. Nobody else touched her. <laughs> and then three years later, I had an opportunity to get a job close by, just a mile from my house. And I thought, oh, this would be fun. It was my neighbor's doing next door. And she says, it'll be fine because between me and my daughter, we can watch Joy while you go to work. And that'll give my daughter some extra money. So I went out and applied for the job, probably thinking I'd never get it or hoping. Well, I got the job. What was the job? It was office manager at a Sterling co-op, and it was cooperative bookkeeping. It was an awfully hard job, Mm. but I had to learn it, and I had to really buckle down. And I didn't really want to leave my daughter so I could come home at lunch and, and pick her up, and then take her back to the center. So that worked out fine. I finally conquered that job and really, you know, done a good job at it. Until about 16 years later, the co-op kind of went under, and another Mm -hmm. company took over, so I lost my job, which was fine, because by that time, my son had graduated from college, and my daughter was just starting college. Both of them were going to private colleges. So I thought, well, I'll probably draw an employment for a few weeks. Then I thought, oh, dear, I really need a job. I sat around home. Well, I applied at Miller's in Fulton, and I got that. They wanted to hire me, and that was pretty good, but I couldn't stand the smell. It was smell just like a brewery. Yeah. So I was... Went up to North Wolfwalk, and I stopped into my sister Kay's office, and we're visiting, and she says, you know, they want a person over in the business office with your qualification. Did you bring a resume or anything? I said, well, I haven't had one in my purse, but she says, well, let me critique it. She says, I'll see what you've done wrong. 
said, probably a lot of things. <laughs> so she looked at it. She says, yeah, you got bookkeeping spelled wrong. Oh, jeez. And uh, so she says, well, hey, I'll call over and tell Phyllis that you're coming over. So I, or she called Phyllis and Phyllis let me come over. She was a business manager's secretary. So I went over and they interviewed me. And of course, they wanted somebody to help out in payroll and somebody that could work with the special ed superintendent. So I said, um, you know, I know I can do bookkeeping. I've had plenty of experience with payroll and all that. Well, lo and behold, I got the job. <laughs> so I went to work at North Rose Wolka and was there for two weeks. And the special ed superintendent met me at the door one day. He says, are you ready to take over Pete's job? And I says, why? What happened? Well, Pete had a heart attack. She's not coming back to work. Oh. Here is set up. It was an entirely different kind of bookkeeping mm -hmm. or payroll than what I was used to. Oh, but I knew the other end of it about taxes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So went to work doing that, and I finally conquered that job. And without Pete's help, with my <laughs> own knowledge and the help of those that done a lot of the payroll after we'd get it ready. So I persevered there and was mm -hmm. there till the time I retired. Wow. So that was a good job. And I thank Kay a million times for sending me over there. Yeah. And so that's been my work experience. Two very hard jobs that I had to work at. And I think it's probably made me a better person. Mm -hmm. And hey, well, I can do anything if you want to put your mind to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So, so that was that. And my husband was very encouraging. He always mm. encouraged me to do whatever I wanted to do, mm. you know, and um, that always worked out good. And really, then after I retired, hey, Aunt Toddy, aren't you going shopping? <laughs> <laughs> well, so aren't you going to go play golf? Well, maybe, <laughs> or lunch. Mm -hmm. well, he had a mouth in his madness. He could go play cards. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, and, and my kids, they, you know, we were so fortunate with those two. Mm, yeah, uh, really. became a very well-known dentist, and Joy married Pierre, and she done, she done her independent desktop publishing and all mm -hmm. of that artist work and had many clients and so it all worked out very well and my grandchildren come along great mm -hmm. yeah and you know too your children are very kind very very kind mm -hmm. very thoughtful very mm -hmm. generous yes and if one doesn't step up to the plate the other one does yeah yeah very pure of heart yes very. both of them very. And it's rare to find in this world. Yeah. yeah. And there's one thing I've learned, especially with my daughter, with anyone else. Don't complain about illnesses. Everybody has illnesses, and what good does it do you? Mm-hmm. If you yeah. got something really major, go see your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've been fortunate enough to my daughter and that I was put in contact with great doctors. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, think, I think it's, you know, you're right. Sometimes you're sick and you're allowed to complain. Yeah. But if you focus on it, then that's all you, you experience. That's all you do. Right? 
Yeah, you don't get to go out to lunch. Yeah. yeah. You don't get to do the things you want to. And my life is, I don't want to have to be stuck in the house. Yes. I've got a nice little SUV out there in the garage. I like to be able to motor mm-hmm. and go see my friends, go to lunch or go to dinner or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I go to my yoga class. That's life-saving. Yes. Yeah. So so what happened during COVID? How did you stay sane when, especially uh, the first, you know, leg of it? Thing, I had uh, tapes that I could do some yoga on. And then I'd been in yoga for so many years. I knew mm-hmm. all the tricks and trades of yoga or all the, the exercises. So I'd done yoga mm-hmm. every day. And, you know, trying to keep exercising. Plus, there was one thing I could do was get out and go for a ride in my car. Yeah. But I couldn't go anyplace else. Mm-hmm. My neighbors would get my groceries oh, right, great. and uh, put them out in the hallway. Mm. And uh, I, I celebrated my 90th birthday. Mm. My neighbors come and put, in front, put signs up my driveway. And then Joy and Pierre and Aaron and her boyfriend came out. We sat out in my garage with my heater on. Mm. They brought birthday cakes and you know, like mm. we just we couldn't get near one another. Yeah. All wearing masks. Mm-hmm. We were David. Why well, he had all kinds of masks, so he sent them up to us. Yeah. And uh, so all day long, people went by and honked their horn. <laughs> then along came. Uh, well, my nephew Rob came first, and then later, uh, all the rains came by. Mm. They paraded by and. Drove up in the driveway and honked the horn, and Christy set up signs, and she brought me a big jar of margaritas. <laughs> so strong they wouldn't freeze. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I used to call the restaurant over to Fairhaven, I still do this, Turtle Cove, and order uh, dinners. And uh, so they come bring them out and throw them in my car. Mm-hmm. And uh, so on my birthday, they sent me over a nice prime rib dinner with a oh. big jar of margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they getting this idea that yeah, you like margaritas? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was my 90th birthday. Mm. And let's see. That was in uh, May. Okay. So then it kind of... Well, it didn't really last, but we couldn't have our golf league. Mm-hmm. But we could go over and play golf if we showed up in our mask, and we couldn't go inside or anything, mm-hmm. and our partners. So uh, we played played golf, and I got this new partner that I had to show how to play golf. She wanted to play. It was her first year. Okay. So that was fun. And so we played golf that year, and that was fine. All right. Then along came... September and October, what are we going to do? Yeah. So we go back into the same old slump mm-hmm. business to, you know, kind of see what was going on. And then in January, we found out that, that we were going to get a vaccine. We mm-hmm. And that came out. So February, Joy and I were both on the computer to try to get appointments again. Yeah. Joy got me appointments. For Kenny's in the swiggle. So I had my first vaccine. Excellent. So then four weeks later, 
I got my second one. That was on Joy's birthday. Mm. So then I felt more safe. Yeah. So then I had a bad back, and I couldn't. My leg hurt, so I couldn't stand it. I called my doctor. But here we go again. And he was out of town. Well, they tried to tell me all this thing, and I said, probably need an X-ray. So I got an appointment with the X-ray. In the meantime, Joy says, Mom, I guess I'll call the chiropractor, my chiropractor. She's mm-hmm. so good. So I went to the chiropractor, and she says, this paper bit of the X-ray isn't going to show me anything. She says, I want the picture. So I had to call the, down at the x-ray place at extended care or whatever they i picked up the regular disc so i took it into her and i'd been to her for a treatment well she finally got it put up on her monitor and she called joy and i in the car on the way home she says i tell you what's wrong with your mother mother's back it's nothing the shots or anything else gonna help her scoliosis is acting mm. up and her her spine is crooked down mm. low, and it's pressing on the disc. Uh, yeah. So that's what I worked with, and mm. that's what I worked with for months, and that's why last summer I was at the wedding and everything with a back brace. Mm. But I am doing fine. You are. You yeah. are. So it took me months, and I still, every morning, do my back exercises. Yeah. My arm, mm-hmm. and it takes me. Well, probably half hour to get through those. I could do them. At first, I was doing them several times a day. But I was what I had to learn to traction myself mm-hmm. when it was so bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would put ice on it continually. I uh, had to sleep downstairs on my sofa bed for a couple, three months. Then I graduated upstairs to the little bed. Mm-hmm. Then I graduated to my big bed. It was it's a king size bed. Well, my that bed I pretty much had to run and hop to get into it. <laughs> so last summer I got a new full size bed, but that's so tiny compared to. Yeah, you had so much room. Yeah. Huh. Now I can. <laughs> but that was my life with the bed, and mm. so I'm so much better than what I was. And even at my granddaughter's wedding. I didn't have to wear my back brace or anything, wow. but I was very careful. My son was my uh, uh, good man that took me down the aisle mm-hmm. behind the bride, ahead of the bride, and uh, but I didn't get up and walk around because I was afraid somebody would stick out their foot. Yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's all you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing so much better. I'm happy, but now you know. Once, well, I've been able to go out for dinner with my friends and and uh, then, you know, lunch with the girls, my yoga girls. But I'm, I'm just going to sub at playing golf this year. Yeah. Because of an arm problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But that's my life. I love it. <laughs> I want to know, this is something I don't know. Where did the nickname Toddy come from? Well, the nickname Toddy comes from many, many years ago when I was just a little tot <laughs> running around, not very old or very big, I guess. And I used to say Tata all the time. Oh. So I guess they shortened it, you know, my Tata to Toddy. So that has stuck with me all my life. In fact, 
for years. That's the only thing my kids knew me by. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, my my husband always called me Toot. Toot. Yeah. Oh, so that's why you laughed so hard when you <laughs> saw Ezzy's Toot book. <laughs> yeah, I think Toot. Oh, too funny. Dot gum digit. I don't know where he got that. Oh, but, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Through, throughout your life and, and all of the challenges that has come about, I, I love how you don't make meaning out of the challenges. It's just another yeah. really opportunity to show your strength. What, is that what you tell yourself in those moments where, yeah, when you have I, those life transitions? What was that like? I, well, when David was born, I didn't know much about, actually, that's how you become pregnant, you know, yeah. way back when you didn't know, nobody told you. <laughs> and so that was always a surprise. Well, then 10 years later that I had joy, you know, and I used to say to the girls, I'm going to have free pains and that's going to be it. I'm not going to be in labor for hours and like I was for David. Well... Lo and behold, that didn't happen. I had to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, back then, oh, you got to be in the hospital for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Lay there with your arm on a board with the intravenous mm-hmm. going in, and you're out for three days with morphine. Mm-hmm. And, well, I got through that. And I thought, if I'm home, I'll be able to do a lot of things. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, Arlene came and stayed with me for a week with mm-hmm. Nancy. And then my mother-in-law came and stayed with me. And then Kay lived up on the hill, so she'd run down, and she had to cart me to the doctors to get stitches out. Well, I got over that. You know, and life went on, and as Joyce got three years old, I went to work. But after that, I can't think. Oh, when I worked at North Rose Wolka's school, Coop and a couple of friends and I were playing golf down at Griffin's, mm-hmm. and they lost their ball in the creek. Mm-hmm. Well, I went down to look, and my leg slid up like backwards, and I broke my leg. Oh, I took a, a couple days off and worked. That's all I could do, and I had to manage on crutches. I couldn't work, use a walker. I kept going over the top of that and everything else. Mm. And uh, I, had a, I had a sectional that went all around here, so I stayed down here. So he had to take me to work for seven weeks to pick mm. me up. Mm. He retired. And because nobody could take, do my work. So I persevered and went through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh I was trying to think of the next thing that happened. Well, outside that, it was good until I ended up with that major surgery. Mm. And then I thought, that's I kept telling my doctor I was going to be in the hospital just three days because he was, I thought it was my appendix and he was mm. just going to suck out my appendix. Yeah, yeah. But that was that didn't happen. Mm. So outside of that, you know, life has been been good i've been you know doing having things happen that everybody my age might have happened mm-hmm. and you just take care of it otherwise you're missing out yeah. on everything else right i missed i noticed several well three years ago that i didn't think i was hearing very good 
This is a good thing to remember. Tell your parents or anyone else you know. And I knew when I went out to dinner with the kids, I wasn't hearing a lot. So I said uh, one time to Joy, I said, uh, you know, I think when I had to go to Dr. Greger at the end, I said, maybe you'll give me a hearing test. I don't think I'm hearing very well. And she said, oh, Mom, you're hearing all right, hearing everything. I said, I don't know. And uh, I learned I couldn't hear my footsteps when I was walking mm. um, out in the kitchen without barefooted joint. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, I cleaned out my ears and we conversed because he's a friend of Joyce and everything. And Joyce says, Mom thinks she needs a hearing test. He says, oh, I think she hears all right. And I said, well, I'd like a hearing test. So I went in and he, they gave me a hearing test. Come back. Severe hearing loss. Wow. So then he put me on to a good audiologist. So Joy and I went to him, and uh, he put me with hearing aids. And when I went in, oh, you know who was in there? Who was in there? Jim Boy. Oh. <laughs> so he figured he was pretty good. <laughs> That's cool. So I was the best investment I ever done getting mm. hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends were happy too. Yes. Yeah. One friend would come in, we'd be watching Dancing with the Stars. The first thing she'd do is grab the remote, turn it down, lower, yeah. know, lower it. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Yeah, but outside of that, most things, life is, you know. Yeah. I enjoy my friends. I just, you know, I had some, a lot of nice friends and neighbors. I've had pretty good neighbors, mm-hmm. but the one next door is not so. Uh, if I could put a fence up between us, I would. <laughs> and um, my kids, I'll tell you, I've been, I'm probably doing all the talking. You're supposed to be. Uh, I am so fortunate with my grandchildren and my children. All four of my grandchildren I've seen graduate from high school, been there. I've seen them graduate from college. Mm-hmm. I've seen my grandson get his doctorate in dentistry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my kids, that was foregone conclusion. I'd seen them. But I think that's kind of, you know, somebody at my age, seeing those kids all graduate from college and all doing very well, very successful. Yes, I'd say. I'd say. What has it been like going through some of those moments and those memories without your husband well the first thing he left me a note Mm. you want to see the note yeah he wrote this about two years before he passed away and you know he committed suicide Mm. but this is this was two years before and i found it after he passed away and i got the original one that i kept for whoever wants it Hmm. Would you like to read it out loud? Can you read it? That's up to you. It's it's personal. The note my husband uh, had for me. This is my wishes that I prefer cremation and no funeral. Just to get together at home, finish off my gin, and all my love to my wife, my two best children, and love me. That's perfect. Yeah. That's so perfect. Oh, thank you for sharing that. How touching. Uh, anything. And um, so 
I knew, because it happened so suddenly mm-hmm. that night, I knew he wasn't good. He'd, he'd had um, aorta aneurysm a couple of years before, okay. and he was that knotted up, and he thought it was going to happen again, mm-hmm. which it probably was going mm-hmm. to. So that night, we, we went to bed. You want to hear the whole story? It's up to you. This is very personal. Well, he uh, went to bed. And he had a book whiskey, and the doctors gave him for his back because he had a, mm. um, spinal stenosis, and he was okay. in pain all the time. Mm. They gave him all these opioids. He had tons of Every time he'd go in, they'd send a prescription yeah. to the store. And so he took some, some opioids, whatever they were, and some whiskey and went to bed. Mm. And, well... He went into a dead sleep, and I tried to wake him up. I couldn't wake him up the next day. Well, I finally got him wake up, and we had a stair climber. So I finally, I don't know how I got him downstairs, but I made him eat something, and he was just kind of out of it. And he came in, and he had a leather chair, and he was sitting in there all day long, and he was, you know, kind of acting funny. Mm. Well, I kept saying, well, we'll call the doctor, and we'll get you straightened out. So he was pretty good by the night time, so I thought, well, I'll go and take a shower. So I went in and took a shower, and when I came out, he wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And so I looked, saw a light upstairs, but I went and saw a light up on the, the back patio light was that. So I quick like I got I put my bathrobe on, I went up the back lot, and I saw him laying there. And then I knew. So I called my neighbor. I called 911. So they came. And, of course, all the questionings and the sheriffs and everything. That's when I had to get out different letters. I had to show them that I knew he had a permit to use his gun mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Just and get a hold of Joy and get a hold of David. Joy and Pierre came right out. So I stayed there. David, it took him the next day to get up here. Mm-hmm. So, that was, and I just knew, hey, Toddy, you're in this by yourself. You just got to do what you have to do. And I had the help from the kids, you know, to say, if I, mom, call Social Security, do this or do that. So, you, you know, you just naturally done that. Plus all the other arrangements that you had to do with the, because the body had to go be autopsy mm-hmm. and come back. and make the arrangements with the funeral, which he wasn't going to have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and then Kane Chris came right over and stayed yeah. with me. And uh, so, and Liz and Dave, and Liz says, you know, we have to have some kind of closing. So on that Sunday or Saturday, like, she, she called my friends, my, and they, they alerted other friends what had happened. And so they all came, and we had, you know, Somebody brought something for treats or snacks, and mm-hmm. Coop's uh, sister and, and her kids came, and so that was that. I just done whatever I had to do. Yeah. Did you get your moment of unraveling at some point yes. after that okay. night? That night, and then I went up to bed, and I got shaken so I couldn't move, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do. And Joy was sleeping in another bedroom. I said. I can't, I don't know what's going to happen. And mm. I finally calmed myself down. 
and and I didn't have another moment till my son walked in the house. Mm. And that's when it hit me. And he used to say, he said to me, Mom, you're a tough woman. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's all I needed. Yeah, goodness. But everybody pitched in, you know, my kids, my my sister, both sisters, Arlene was commutative then, Mm -hmm. and Kate. So we were all, and my nieces and nephews, they all showed up. Yeah. Um, um, Robin and Chris and the girls showed up. I guess it was not on that day that everybody came, but the next day. Yeah, yeah. They brought pizza and stuff. Yeah. It's interesting, as, as we sort of tease apart some of the challenging parts of your life, what I've noticed is, yes, you're strong. But I think there is that safety also, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the safety of your loved ones being able to just hold you in case yeah. you weren't, you didn't want to be strong for a moment. Yeah, I don't want to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to let it go. Yeah. But, you know, there's times that I missed him. Yeah. Because he was good. He was, he was a lot of fun. Mm. We had a lot of good times. We used to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. We went down there many times. We went to um, down on the Keys, best part of Florida, mm. and stayed with Arlene and John. And we, you know, we'd go down and have our big booze parties. <laughs> <laughs> Come home to get the dry out. And and you know, we just had a, it was a good fun time. And we'd always stop to my son's down in Maryland on the way down. And come back up, stop at his house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just good times. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Truly really a life partner. It was a life partner. I, we were married for 61 years. What was the, what's the secret to a, a long, fulfilling marriage? Okay. I would say everybody needs their space. Mm, that's a good one. That's, I, I firmly believed it. You uh, and you want to be created as equal. Mm-hmm. For the first few years, was back before women's live or anything. I can I can remember having to ask my husband for everything mm-hmm. because that's the way the way it was. And I saw my mother, even though she worked out of the house, you know, worked in a factory. And my mother-in-law, everybody did that. Thank heavens, I got a job, <laughs> went to work, and you know, life was different. And you don't have to ask anybody for for money, mm-hmm. and what and everything should be fifty fifty, mm. and that's the way it, it was. I remember my husband saying because sometimes I would get seventy five and him twenty five, <laughs> and he says that you know, Toddy, now isn't marriage a fifty fifty proposition? Mm-hmm. It's an it's a mutual agreement. A mutual agreement, yes, right? yeah. Uh, mm, that's beautiful. And there's always one thing I've always told my kids, and I hope you can tell Essie this. I always told both of them, you can be anything you want to be, you got to work for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what, you could have a million dollars handed to you, but what you want to be, you got to work for. Mm-hmm. I figured that's what I had to do. 
Yeah. Yeah. Never succeed. And you work in a marriage. Mm hmm. That's true. I I think yeah. that's a an often mis misunderstood yeah. thing. Is it's work. It's work. It's a lot of work, and you and both of you are constantly changing. Always. Always. And then you almost have to reacquaint yourself with this new person, and yeah. and it's it's a it's a lifelong dance. It certainly is. And when we were growing up, of course, it was during uh, my thing was during World War Two. That um, mother worked, and then when we were going to high school, uh, she always dressed us girls. We had beautiful plaid skirts and mm-hmm. sweaters and coats and, you know, always had nice-looking clothes. Then, after I got married, <laughs> plus my mother bought me something, we didn't have the money mm-hmm. to, to dress elegant like I was kind of used to doing. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and the thing is, I love clothes, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, after I could work and earn and have nice things and have nice clothes, and so I always said to my daughter, you know, I always dressed her like a little princess. Mm-hmm. And uh, when David come, he got so you know, he Mister Prim and Proper, but um, that you know, and Joy says I only need three pairs of shoes, Mom. Good pairs. <laughs> And a pair of black pumps and a pair of light-colored ones. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's different. But, uh, yeah, it's been my life. I have, a, like, nice clothes and just living happily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and I'm not colorful or flamboyant or anything else. But I think you, you enjoy the color and flamboyancy of your surroundings. I think you notice you're you're very observant and you you really take time to enjoy. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean it could be flowers or it could be the details on a house that just got painted or or something like that. You you're very observant and I think it's hard to find people who are able to be present like that. Yeah. You know. And on another thing jelly is so important is laughing. Mm. It's just I like to be around people that like to laugh mm-hmm. because I know we're a very laughing family. Yeah. Yes. I know that with Christopher. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. And I know. He's yeah. he's good to keep around for that. Yeah. 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 And so that, you know, that's always very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What aspects of your childhood stick out to you? And I guess what aspects of childhood do you wish were still around today? Okay. What is still around today that I wished we had was the freedom that we Mm -hmm. had. We could get out and ride our bicycles or roam the neighborhood till pitch black at night. And it was fun, you know, going around peeking at people's <laughs> getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I know with five of us kids, we were always, there was always a fight going on someplace. And the most important thing I remember that I loved was going down and playing in the creek. Yeah. And the water mm. and going down to the old mill when the water was high when even, and playing in there, coming home with Bloodsuckers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those things was very important. In the winter time, 
the idea we could go out and slide down the hill, maybe slide down the road, didn't have to worry too much about cars. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, and of course, then going to high school, we went to, in the Fulton High School, I did. So I had to, uh, you know, my father would have to take us into the city in the morning. And then we'd ride the bus home at night or ride as far as his garage mm. and come home. And I remember many times when, because of the war, his tires weren't good on the car and we'd get stuck and have to push the car. And uh, all those things. So mm. I look back now and I think, we had the best of times. Mm. Mm. And, you know, we weren't confined to stay in the house. We didn't have to worry about somebody going to pick us up mm-hmm. or uh, pedophiles mm-hmm. or all that. And we knew people that were like that, but they, you know, they stayed in their own surroundings. Mm-hmm. Heavens, now that I look at it, I had teachers that were, you know, liked boys or girls or whatever. But mm. that was the life, and it wasn't, uh, you know, it was a good life, but yet we had a lot of bad things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always a trade. Uh, always a trade. I remember my dad getting very sick and in the hospital mm-hmm. for a month. And my, my brother had to quit school to run the garage. Mm. And he was a good student. Mm. So, uh, but, and my mother worked to work for 25 years in the Nestle's. Retired from there. Mm-hmm. Then she decided she wasn't going to do anything. That was her downfall. She had a couple of friends that she could see, or a sister, now and then, but she had, uh, well, whatever needed to be done around the house, my other sister could do it, or somebody else could mm. do it. She'd worked all her life, she wasn't going to do it. Mm. So, um, that reminds me of somebody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And after who passed away, there was so many things, we didn't have a garage, and my son said, Mom, you need a garage. I said, oh, well, he says, well, you know, you got time on your hands. Find a contractor or something. And I thought, well, these kids are going to help me out. You know, they'll help me. find." So I talked to my friends. And you know, so I got a hold of a contractor. I got a hold of three contractors. Mm. And the first one was, you know, I, or one of them was the best deal. So it was a, a Mennonite. Mm-hmm. So I got. I thought, well, David will come up or Joy, and they'll tell me, you know what? Well, Mom, you're doing it. You'll do just fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. So after that, I figured. Before that, I had to have. I had a ditch drilled around the house because mm-hmm. my sister says, "Well, you get that done, you won't get water in your cellar." <laughs> so then I had the garage built, and I was really pleased with that. And the neighbor kids and I painted the house. Here I was in my 80s. Mm. I painted my house. I even got shingles in the refrigerator going while I was painting my house. While you were painting the shingles, you had the shingles. Yeah, I got shingles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so the house looked nice after we had it done. It was about the same color as that. And then I got thinking, the next year I see the house, well, oh, that paint isn't lasting very good. So I thought. I'm going to call my contractor. I'm not heck with my kids. So I called my contractor, and he came over, and he said, well, maybe I can match the siding up. I'll try to to the garage. Mm. So he did. So 
Yeah, summer got siding put on. So I got my house siding, I built a garage, mm-hmm. I replaced my furnace, Yeah. replaced my um, hot water heater, whatever else around. Oh my goodness. I replaced the windows. Yeah. I got this window the kids gave me for Christmas mm. one year. So I thought when they done that, and I asked the guy, I needed two front windows out there. They were, they had storm windows that. So I replaced the two fronts, so I've got all good windows upstairs. Yeah, yeah. There really isn't anything you can't do. No, that's it. Whatever, whatever you want to do, I don't care who it is, don't be a whiner. Just go ahead and do it. Just do it. And don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't give it a second thought. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough. My husband didn't leave me a lot of money. We had CDs, and but the one thing he did leave me was his iron workers pension. Mm. Rather than a big life insurance, you know, which I probably would have went out and spent all at once. I got this little pension coming in every month along with my other two mm-hmm. pensions, and hey. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And all of the money that, it, you know, savings things that we've had. And I use CDs to build the garage and put the siding mm-hmm. on. And, hey, you know, mm-hmm. life has been good. Mm-hmm. And I always said, my kids always said, Mom, if you need any money, don't hesitate. Uh, you know, I said, well, you don't need it. If I need it, I'll yell. <laughs> Yeah, I'll scream. Oh, gosh. It's um, it's life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's life. What are any additional words of wisdom you have for your children and your your grandchildren as they're moving through these phases of life and and in this new kind of world that we live in, too? That's what worries me because I don't know what to tell them this Mm. new kind of world is. I'm so sorry to hear the things that are happening. I hate to see teachers losing the right to reprimand the kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that the cell phones should all be put in a basket Mm -hmm. in school, whatever. They're not, if they need to call their mother or father, go to the principal's office or wherever to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they should write have the phone in their hand and call mom and dad and say, oh, look, somebody slapped me. Mm-hmm. You know, we send our kids to school to learn. And I don't think that, to me, I'm not a teacher. I, I'm not qualified to do teaching. I let the teacher teach. Mm-hmm. And at home, when they're naughty, I'm going to reprimand them. Mm-hmm. If I want to spank their butts, that's my <laughs> business. They need it. Mm-hmm. Even though my son put books in his book. <laughs> <laughs> They were too smart. Too smart, yeah. <laughs> and Joy used to say to her father, you spank me, I'll pee my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what worries me, that the kids aren't getting the discipline they mm-hmm. need in both places. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you're right. That might be very much the core of what's wrong because then they're out in the world without any sort of moral compass. Nobody to say, boy, I don't think I get home, I'm going to get up. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
And if they're in school and they've done something naughty, I tell the teacher, and the teacher's going to tell my parents, and I'm going to get it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no structure on the kid's life, and that's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I said to my kids is, uh, bring up your kids as well as you've been brought up or try to do better or try to be- do better than we did. What else can you say? Yeah, no, that's perfect. Yeah, yep. I love yeah. that. How would you like to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as a good friend and a good mother, mm-hmm. good grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I have a good relationship with all my nieces and nephews and and the younger ones coming along. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's perfect. And I'm like my husband. I don't want a funeral. I would just like to be remembered. And hey, if my family wants to get together with all the nieces and nephews or anyone else, then fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody bring a potluck. Yeah. And that yeah. sounds like more fun. Yeah. It's more of a celebration than more a... More of a celebration. Mm-hmm. And you notice that all you got to do is read the old bits in the paper. Mm-hmm. And you see, that's what people are doing. Yeah. I know several of my friends have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Much, it, it's a different feel. Different feel. Who wants to go to a funeral and sit there and cry? Yeah. Yeah. And crying has a purpose. Yeah, it does. You know, but Buddy had a friend that passed away a few years ago from college, and she was from Macedonia. And so we actually went to the wake the night before and the funeral. And it was very, I don't want to say dramatic in that they didn't have a right to grieve that the way they did. But I was surprised just how much it went on and all the crying and the screaming. And my heart was just broken. Yeah. And then, but you know what? They got it all out. And then we went to the luncheon afterwards and everybody, it was like they got it out. They had their process and then they moved on. Right. They honored her. They had their process. And then, yeah, I appreciated how they did it. I didn't understand it while I was experiencing Mm -hmm. it in the moment. But then once they were able to have that celebration afterwards without feeling like they didn't get it all out. Right. You know, I think more celebration needs to happen. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, celebrate life, uh, birth. Mm -hmm. It's a fun thing, but there's only one or two persons at that. (laughs) you don't want anybody else there (laughs) (laughs) yeah just you know Mm -hmm. because we all know we're gonna you know life's coming to an end Mm -hmm. and we we know that so you know enjoy what time you have Mm -hmm. and, and just make the most of it absolutely yeah is there anything I didn't ask you today? I know I gave you a whole list of questions and I didn't touch upon them all, but you already did. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're, you're pretty good at this. What, what, is there anything I didn't mention that you wanted to share? Something that's on your heart that you want to be known? Yeah. I know that I know both sets of my grandparents. Oh, okay. Um, my, my dad's mother and father, Grandpa and Grandma Yarrow, I knew them really well. Mm. You know. We'd go up there and spend, uh, you know, nights and in their old clothes. Mm. And uh, we had a dog, his name um, uh, Ford. It was mm-hmm. an old Airedale. And when we went into the city shop, and 
he'd go out and sit on Grandpa and Grandma Yarrow's porch to wake them home, and it was quite a ways away. Mm. But, you know, I knew those better. Mom's father and mother, well, the, her mother was kind of cold towards us. Mm. We used to call her May. She showed partiality. She had a, a one of my aunt's daughters she thought was better than we were, because it was mm. fine of us. And uh, so she'd go buzzing by our house in her Ford car, and she wouldn't look grand right or left. We'd say, there goes May. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Mom's dad, we used to call Opa Harry. <laughs> <laughs> she chewed tobacco <laughs> but that was you know we'd have to I know mom would want to go over to their house every once in a while and we'd go over there and we didn't like the smell mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. you know kids that well so but that's the grandparents that I remember one set I really liked and the other set were distant mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So you got to enjoy them for a little while. Yeah. Get to know them at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Nini mentioned the same thing about the tobacco. <laughs> that stuck out to her, too. <laughs> yeah. The things you remember. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems like I smell that tobacco. Mm-hmm. Right. Scent is a funny memory. And he had a, a spittoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, God. Mm. Well, thank you for this. Well, you're entirely welcome. This was lovely. Well, it's just a, you know, good visit. Yeah, anytime. This is, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I like to get to know you. And I feel like with family gatherings and parties, it's just a, you, you want to t- talk to everybody and hear what's going on. Yeah. But I wasn't around for some of those pivotal moments of your life yeah. and I'm, I'm really grateful that you shared yeah, them with me I know more about it now than some of my other nieces mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. yep well now we have it yeah we have it thank you again uh, yeah <laughs> If you or a loved one would like to be celebrated on a Living Years podcast, please visit www.angelicapascone.com slash the living years to learn more. The Living Years podcast has been carefully and very patiently edited by Ascend Audio Spencer Stevens. Music for the Living Years podcast has been inspirationally created by FMN Creatives, Francesca Orso Marceau.